Welcome to this week's Gospel Project for Adults Leader Training Podcast. I'm Daniel Davis. This week we are on Unit 22, Session 2, titled Jesus Over Sin. Jesus began his public ministry after his baptism in the Jordan and his temptation in the wilderness. He eventually made his way back to his hometown, but was run out of the synagogue there with his seemingly blasphemous teaching. Then he continued to perform miracles, casting out demons and healing the sick. As Jesus continued his itinerant ministry of teaching and performing miracles, he began to stir up more and more trouble in the religious world of occupied Judea. But for the religious zealots we know as the Pharisees, it was the last straw when Jesus started forgiving sin. In this session, we will learn that Jesus alone is able to go beyond physical healing and forgive sins as well. In point one, we see that the Son of Man brings forgiveness to the faithful. Just from a narrative standpoint, this Bible story is engaging and fun. Some men carried with them a paralyzed man on a stretcher, and they wanted to get him to Jesus because they had heard this teacher could do miracles and heal those in need. But so had everyone else. The place where Jesus was interacting with people was a packed house. Can't get through the door, can't go through a window, So, let's go through the roof. These men, presumably friends of the man who was paralyzed, tore open a hole in the roof and lowered their friend down right in front of Jesus. And then they put their heads through the hole to see what Jesus would do. Curiously, Jesus looks at the men on the roof and he sees their faith. And based on their faith, he acts. But not in a way anyone would have expected. Turning to the man on the stretcher, Jesus says, Friend, your sins are forgiven. If I'm one of the friends on the roof, I'm disappointed. If I'm the man on the stretcher, I'm incredulous, thinking, I wasn't brought here for that. I was brought here so I could walk again. But Jesus, who I know I'm not, has a different perspective than we do. On one hand, this statement of forgiveness of sins sets up what happens in the next few verses. But on the other hand, Jesus wasn't playing a game. His express purpose for coming into the world was to make possible our forgiveness of sin, so we could be restored to the Father. So in declaring the man's sins as forgiven, instead of healing him outright, Jesus was making a declaration about priorities. As badly as we all want healing, freedom, or provision, our deepest need is for the forgiveness of our sins. And Jesus fulfilled that deepest need whether felt or not, by the man on the stretcher. And he did so because of the faith expressed by his friends. But, of course, this isn't the end of the story. In point two, we see that the Son of Man brings healing to the needy, just as the friends had hoped and believed was possible. But in this passage, the attention shifts from the friends and the man who was paralyzed to the internal perspective of the Pharisees and the scribes who were present and they were incensed. They heard Jesus' declaration of forgiveness, but they heard it as blasphemy, because only the holy God can forgive sins. The Lord is, after all, the one we ultimately sin against. So the Pharisees had a point. We can forgive offenses against us, but that doesn't absolve a person of their guilt before God for the offense. Only God can do that. So, Jesus responds, First, 
demonstrating his divine attribute of omniscience. Jesus knows the thoughts running through the Pharisees' heads. And then he demonstrates his divine attribute of omnipotence by healing the man on the stretcher so that he gets up, picks up his bed, and goes home walking, glorifying God. But the most compelling aspect of this narrative for me is Jesus' use of logic and power to arrest the faulty assumptions of the Pharisees. Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or get up and walk. Of course, it's your sins are forgiven, because this authoritative declaration can't be proven or disproven. Maybe they are, or maybe they aren't. But to say get up and walk requires someone to get up and walk before it is believed as a miracle. If someone is going to declare with authority, get up and walk, then another someone better be moving, or the first someone will get laughed out of the room. What's more, that someone risks being stoned for blasphemy, or speaking out of turn for God and incurring his judgment. So, when Jesus says to the man on the stretcher, get up and walk, he has banked all his authority to forgive sins on the validity of this miracle. And because the Pharisees were right that only God can forgive sins, Jesus is also making a declaration about his identity as the Son of God, equal to the Father, one with the authority on earth to forgive sins. The man who was paralyzed got up and walked home, thereby proving Jesus' proclamation of forgiveness of sins and his deity. In point three, we see the Son of Man bringing glory to the Father. This one verse makes perfect sense in light of the previous passages. The crowd witnessed Jesus proclaim forgiveness, and then they witnessed him heal a man who was paralyzed. So they gave glory to God. They likely missed the full intent of Jesus' words and miracle, since they didn't give glory to Jesus himself. But they were right to glorify God. The Father sent the Son so that sinners might be saved and forgiven. But these gifts are only given to those who have faith in Jesus, who believe that He is the Son of God, our Savior and Lord. Jesus' claim to have the authority to forgive sins was supported by His miraculous healings. Jesus would later suffer and die to provide forgiveness of sin and would miraculously be raised from the dead on the third day. The crucifixion and resurrection function in much the same way as Jesus' proclamation of forgiveness followed by his miracle of healing the man who was paralyzed. In his death on the cross, Jesus died for our sins so that we could be forgiven by faith. And so we could know his death makes possible our salvation. God raised him on the third day to walk this earth, ascend into heaven, and await the day he will come again to put an end to sin and death once and for all. Because we believers have experienced the great miracle of our salvation from sin through faith in Jesus, We should seek to glorify God and make much of Him in all that we do. In this way, we will proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and back it up with the works of a transformed life. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.